Welcome to the realm of heroes and monsters. Story time with your host, A.P. Fuchs. Stories of intrigue, stories of horror, stories of superheroics, stories of monsters. Get ready, the thrill ride begins. And good morning. Welcome to another episode of the Realm of Heroes and Monsters Storytime with me, your host, A.P. Fuchs. Now, before we even start, if you're watching the podcast on YouTube, you're going to wonder, what the heck is going on with your hair? Well, I started the episode by saying good morning, and that is what we're doing. This is a morning edition. I have my cup of coffee here for those listening. I also have giant, poofy, dark brown hair. I did it on purpose so that you guys can see this is... The craziness in the morning and of course the beard is a bit scruffy too but anyway um <laughs> humor aside i thought what would be fun to talk about this podcast what could we what could we get into in terms of the monsters and stuff and i and i thought you know what we're gonna do is we're gonna visit zombies and before anybody groans because zombies now have been kind of done to death um there's a point so tune in and listen to this okay because so, zombies or what are they they're monsters and what do we cover on this channel monsters right so we're gonna look at the zombie from a few different angles um but we're gonna first say what am i uh defining a zombie as for the sake of this discussion um zombies in general okay general uh fall into two broad camps one is your slow shambler you know stupid zombie dragging their legs groaning going for your brain but that's about as good as they are you know, the, the kind that you see in Night of the Living Dead, Shaun of the Dead, that kind of stuff. And then, of course, you have the rage zombie, the sprinters, as they're called. Um, and those are the ones that are wild-eyed, usually with red eyes, and they're out of control. And they're, like, when they come for you, they, they're, you know, they literally are, like, sprinting. And they're going to tackle you, and they're going to rip you to pieces because they're full of rage and angry. So we have those kind of two camps, right? The shamblers and the sprinters. So for now... Let's just talk briefly about the Shamblers, right? Um, they became popular uh, with uh, George Romero's Night of the Living Dead, the, the old black and white, the one that came out forever ago, uh, which later spawned a remake and, of course, a whole slew of George Romero world um, zombie movies. And um, so the thing with the zombie, right, is um, I've always maintained that if a general person, we're talking Joe Civilian here, uh, encountered one zombie, so one shambler, you're probably pretty safe. I mean, realistically, you could probably take down that zombie, uh, whether, you know, uh, with an object or even with your own strength, because you're just facing off against one, right? So you have that advantage. And then, hmm, coffee sip. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in <laughs> for the morning. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, if you encounter one single shambler, you're probably okay. However, the danger with shamblers is they pack up, right? So if you encountered five or six of them and they're all coming at you at once, then you got a problem. Why? Because you're dealing with people, well, not people, they're dead people, but we're calling people for now, um, with basically who are coming at you with dead weight, right? Like their arms are gonna get on you, they're potentially their legs, they're gonna start biting. Even even the weight of their head, if they fall their head on, on your shoulder and they go for your neck or something, like all that stuff is dead weight, 
right? Have you ever tried moving a body that's dead weight, like whether it's your child from the couch who fell asleep and you're taking them to bed, or you know your partner, or if you had to, you know, deal with a medical situation where you've had to move a unconscious person and it's just like flat out dead weight, right? And that's way more heavier for some weird reason than someone who's um, alive, but they're say sleeping. Um, it's still dead weight, but it's not like nearly as, it's still lighter by comparison than someone who's like unconscious and it's just dead weight, right? So if a person going up against five or six zombies, you got all this dead weight coming at you and that's very hard to fend off unless you're very, very strong, right? And of course, you know, switching over quickly to the shambler part of it, um, and sorry, not the shambler, the springler, the sprinter part of it, um, yeah, one sprinter coming at you, I mean, again, unless you're ultra strong and maybe gifted in some sort of martial arts, you're going to have a severe problem because all you're going to fight is going to be like pure aggression and pure rage. And if you've ever like encountered somebody who's in like rage mode and they're basically unstoppable, right? Because like they have like adrenaline pumping through them, they have single mindedness, all they're seeing is red, like they're just pissed and they're going to get you. And you only imagine a killer uh, sprinter doing the same thing. But the thing with zombies that makes them scary is one, yes, uh, you know, depending on the makeup artist, uh, you know, the visage, right? Like the makeup, like, you know, the gray skin or the flaky skin, the crusty skin or the blood spots or the whatever it might be or part of the face because, you know, whatever turned them into a zombie blew off maybe the bottom half of their face, but the rest of the, the brain remains, so they kept going. Um, regardless, um, the thing with zombies that make it hard for humans in general is we struggle with death. I'm not talking personal feelings about death, you know, whether you're afraid of it or not. I'm talking about the idea of, um, like, if you've ever been, and I'm, I'll try to be sensitive, if you've ever been to a viewing for, you know, a departed loved one or a departed friend, and you've, you've gone to view the body to say goodbye uh, prior to the funeral itself, and, you know, you're standing there and you're looking at the, the person in, in the casket, and your brain has an issue. Your brain is looking at the person, there they are, but yet they're not there. I mean, it's a paradox that we just can't quite get. Like, at best, you know, we kind of go, oh, they kind of look like they're sleeping, it's nice. But in reality, we're looking at there's someone there, but there's no one there. That's tough <laughs> to really, like, sit down and think about. So, that's part of what makes a zombie scary is the fact that there's someone there, but really there's no one there. And sure, it might alleviate some guilt should you, you know, have to take him out or whatever. But again, subconsciously, the paradox of like there but not there uh, just is weird. And and then like, the other thing about zombies too is like, let's just pretend a scenario happens where there's a zombie uprising, right? Let's just say it happens. Um, and whether that be shamblers or sprinters, that's irrelevant. The point is, like, I mean, for the sake of fiction and movies and stuff, you know, we always have it where the zombies win and, and of course, the survivors have to go fight the zombies and, of course, there's usually loss along the way, but also victory, right? But in, like, so should a zombie um, uprising ever really happen, we're pretty safe. Like, the military, 
with and those in authority like basically anyone with access to a firearm but let's just say those in authority right now you know military and say you know police um they would take care of it pretty quickly right the danger of course would be where if your military was partially disabled or wholly disabled uh because your 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 uh, battalion and your and your soldiers and whatnot were zombified you know same with police or whoever you know the majority of your force got zombified and then now you're down a pile of people who would have uh, access to firearms and you know would um, be unable to take care of the issue because they're zombies now you know so that's where the problem would arise but let's just say your military more or less was intact um, yeah we, we, don't, we don't have to worry about uh, zombies overtaking us which is why, like, and when I do my zombie fiction, I always kind of make a point of saying that this, that the military or the police were um, disabled or unable to uh, attend to the issue because they themselves were having their own problems. Then they got overrun themselves, you know. So, anyway, that's sort of my thoughts on on zombies. I think they're um, an underutilized. Uh, character or story villain um and i say under underutilized despite the fact that there is a flooded market of the zombie material out there and and, and by underutilized i mean that it's typically not 100 percent explored what makes that zombie tick most zombie stories are zombies arise there's a group of survivors they try to survive they shoot off some heads that's that's the end of it right like that's your basic zombie story in general but yeah, like the, there are zombie books out there that actually get into uh, more in depth on why the zombies rose, why man couldn't overcome, what happened psychologically, emotionally, physically, even spiritually. Like all that kind of stuff is covered, and that's the you know. So if you're a zombie fan, that's the type of material I encourage you to, to seek out as sort of the as they call it the quote unquote thinking man's uh, zombie stories. Um, Anyway, that's sort of my thoughts on, on, on the zombie monster. I think they're a fantastic monster, but again, they have to be kind of approached in a very realistic way in order to sell to the reader or viewer, like if you're doing a movie, um, why they are the threat that they are. You know, why are they dangerous? Why did they overcome man who, you know, brain power wise, is much smarter right like so that you have to give those explanations otherwise the suspension of disbelief is not there and then you just basically just have a, a fun story of people shooting zombies but if you actually want to get people enthralled and, and involved then you got to start providing some um, explanation as to why and i think that's what's lacking in zombie stuff in general is we need some more explanation as to why humanity is struggling against these beasts as opposed to just people walking around shooting guns and you know, blowing heads off and that kind of stuff. Anyway, I hope that long ramble made sense in general. Um, again, we're doing the morning edition, so the brain's not 100% online, but it's fun to do. Okay, and then the, quickly over on the creative stuff, um, I can't recall in a previous episode if I mentioned it, but I do have a, a horror comic uh, in progress. It's approximately uh, roughly two-thirds complete. Um, I want to finish it. Um, it's meant to be an old school comic, so we're, we're talking again. We we're talking zombies earlier. The old uh, Romero flick, Night of the Living Dead, from way back. Um, it's meant to be in that kind of vein, like this old school stuff. And it's written, and the uh, the comics written, and so like I said, two thirds are done. The remaining third is is written, and it's also um, 
thumbnailed out in you know crude pen sketch in a notebook in terms of what each panel is going to be uh, but the actual drawing of the page the creation of the page at this point in time I sorry I just don't have the time to do it why because to do a page uh, in black and white for me um, from blank page through to finish page depending on the complexity of the page it takes about three to five hours for me to create for you to finish reading in 30 to 30 seconds to a minute you know <laughs> so five hours for your minute of enjoyment but um yeah uh, i just don't have the time at the moment because we're working on some other stuff at the moment but um things throughout the year are going to slow down in other areas in terms of creativity in terms of projects that i have therefore time will free up ergo i will be able to finish the comic so that's what's happening on the creative front and again, thank you for joining me for this rambling uh, morning edition. I hope you enjoyed the change of pace and the on and on. But I hope at the same time, too, I got you to think a little bit more about the zombies, you know, in general. And what they could really entail. And, and the potential that's there for them, you know. And, and that's kind of the stuff that needs to be explored uh, more so in, you know, in, in, in fiction nowadays and in movies nowadays. And I think if we do that, uh, the zombie monster won't be... Uh, a broner, you know, like, oh, another zombie thing. No, no, it'd be like, oh, another zombie thing, because this one might make me think, you know, so I hope we get to that point. But anyway, enough of that. <laughs> Pre-show is over. Let's head into story time. I want you guys to hear this, and just, so just sit back, close your eyes, relax, and just listen to a tale, and we'll see you after the credits. Episode 27, Final Entry, September 8th, 1897. Dear Diary, Tonight is the night I leave. I thought I'd be ready for this, but I was wrong. It was easy to dream and plan and hope. It's a far different thing to actually do it. The reasons are clear, to be sure, but are they enough? I've told you, dear diary, about the whys and the whos and the hows. You know all this. What do you think? I've made the necessary preparations. It took many nights while the others were asleep, but now, now all is in order. The amulet is where I told you, in a clay jar behind the brick wall behind the bookcase. It was hard to chisel and remove the bricks, then relay them while others slept and not make a sound. The map leading to its whereabouts is also hidden in Jamie's locket. When she's old enough, she's merely two, if you remember, she'll discover it there, unfold it, and find the amulet she is destined to possess. My time with it is over, and I've used my portion of its power. The moment I took it off was the moment I aged 400 years. Granted, I do not look over 400, but have gone from a woman of 34 to one of 90. That's four lifetimes, including this one. Three other families, with a total of four husbands and 14 children. My daughter has the same fate, and the same pain. Should she not find the map, eventually the amulet will call to her and will draw her toward it. Its pull will be so strong she will not be able to resist it lest she fear her own death from not possessing it. Sadly, death is what will happen should she not put it on. She's marked for it, 
not by her own doing or intentionally by me. It's what she's inherited through blood. The last female heir must take hold of it once their mother uses her part of its power. And oh, what power will she have? She will command winds and stir up oceans. The trees will bow before her and mighty walls will crumble from a mere glance. Men will strive to possess her and will stumble over their feet just to be by her side. She will have the favor of children and people everywhere. Jamie could rule the world if she wanted to, but it is also a test from the amulet, the usage of its power, for its use will determine the length of that use. Sadly, I fear the amulet has grown weary from the generations of improper stewardship. Some have indeed used it to brighten the world. Others, ha others have used it to darken it. And, so far as I understand, it has been used for darkness far more than for light. And darkness takes a greater toll on its power stores. I hope my daughter chooses wisely. I hope she brings light and life. It's all I can wish. Now, I must say goodbye without warning, for who can explain to a darling husband how a loving wife and the star of his eye suddenly turn into an old woman, especially to a man who doesn't believe in magic? I know my Robert. Even a final demonstration of what the amulet enabled me to do would have been met with skepticism and some scramble to find a scientific reason behind it. And now, with the amulet removed from me, it forbids me from putting it back on because my time with it is over. The children, Timothy, David, and Jamie. The boys are older. David is 15 and quite cerebral when it, so well able to process my disappearance well. Jamie will forget me quickly. Timothy is 12 and has always been by my side. He will have the hardest time. I hope Robert will be able to comfort him. This is my final entry, dear diary. I will bring you with me, and prior to my passing from this world, mail you to my Jamie with instructions for you not to be opened until she has reached her thirteenth year. She will find within your pages understanding as to why I left, and guidance as to how to use the amulet for good. I will miss you, dear diary. You have always been my confidant, and thanks to the amulet, have even spoken to me. Goodbye, dear diary. Goodbye, my family. I love you. Goodbye. Rosemary. Thank you for tuning in. Welcome to the post credit scenes. I wish I could give you something super exciting that could lead into the next episode. Like I always play the whole, like I mentioned the Nick Fury thing. 
I want to talk to you about the Avengers Initiative. In this case, I want to talk to you about the Realm and Heroes of Monsters Initiative. Uh, we're almost done season one of this podcast, and from an initiative point of view, we achieved it. We did it. Thank you for tuning in this season so far, and please tune in for the rest of the episodes as we go to wrap up. And the last episode I'm going to reveal is going to be a double episode, and by double episode, I mean it's going to be double story time. So we're going to have the usual um, show in the beginning. Uh, it's going to be a little bit different because it's going to be the last show of season one. So we're going to kind of have a bit of a party slot kind of style episode. And then uh, we're going to do story time. And then we will come back for a brief chat of something. And then we're going to go back into a second story uh, for story time. And then we'll wrap it up. And so we're going to give you a double episode for the finale of season one in terms of story time. And then other than that, uh, we're going to take a month break. And then we're going to head into season two where there's going to be a new format and we're going to have longer stories because we're going to be switching from flash fiction into regular short stories. So lengthwise, compar- you know, comparatively, there's a lot more to a short story lengthwise as opposed to flash fiction. So we're going to get into those and I can't wait to share those with you because that's going to be a lot of fun. And we're going to m- measure it out between uh, monsters and uh, superhero fiction to make it all work. So anyway... Thanks again for tuning in for this episode. Uh, Be sure to subscribe, whatever platform that you're listening to this on. And um, please, uh, yeah, just support that way. That'd be just appreciated. Just give me your subscription and I'll give you shows. (laughs) Anyway, cheers. Thanks for tuning in to this special morning edition. And I hope you enjoyed the wild hair. Take care.